You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats, episode 112 to be honest. Uh, I am EZD here with you. I'm actually not alone today, so stay tuned. You're not just going to hear me pontificate upon myself. Uh, I am joined by the return of Father Stat. He's no longer the Stat Man. He is Father Stat. Uh, Father dad mr i have a son like that guy has a kid i've watched him play beer pong all night now he's raising a human what's up buddy seriously so many people say that to me they're like bro you have a child i'm like i don't remind me i'm still sweating like good lord somebody gave me a control over them another life and i don't know how i feel about it yet yeah it's uh it's good to have you back man i'm i'm, I'm happy to happy to have you here happy to have someone to talk to for the first time in what feels like a month and a half <laughs> Um, so so many of our listeners have never been more happy to hear a second human voice ever in their lives. Well, so it was like three episodes in a row that I had to fly solo. Uh, before that, we had Tito. You remember Tito? I do remember Tito. Yeah. Uh, he he came on. He actually runs his own podcast now, too. Uh, I believe in the near future, I'm supposed to be stepping in to uh, do a recording with them at some point. And uh, before that, Buffalo Freddy, good friend of the show and longtime friend of the two of us, stepped in and filled in for us so you know it has been a minute but it's good to have one of the regulars back one of my actual co-hosts one of the guys that's like on the front bumper there <laughs> yeah my name's on the marquee yeah. somewhere on there yeah, it's in might there. be in fine print but it's it's there i promise you it's there no i say it emphatically when i recorded that don't worry <laughs> uh so welcome back to hats stats and stats guys hats stats and stats a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in buffalo new york and we are sponsored by the mafia pack four you can check that out mafiapack.com uh, that is the Josh Allen number 17 decanter with the quote unquote, I believe they're called the weapons shot glasses, the number 14, number 13, number 88, number 26, and then the number two Das Boot shot glass for Tyler Bass. Uh, you can check that out. I believe they also have them at the Buffalo Gift Emporium, and I think the Buffalo News Mafia store uh, also holds the carries them now. So check them out, but you can check them out on their website, mafiapack.com. Uh, good friends of the show, Mike and Noah running Mafia Pack and doing cool things with that. With that being said, let's get into the show here. Um, first and foremost, the biggest news coming out, uh, Cole Beasley back in Buffalo. I'm so mixed emotions on this, and I know you felt strongly about this. I, I, saw, I read a lot of those back and forth on Facebook that you had, and it's just, I, I'm going to be a true fence post writer here. I'm going to stay right in the middle. I think people need to temper their expectations a little bit. Do I think he has better hands than McKenzie? Sure, most trash cans have better hands than McKenzie does. That being said, he's 34, going on 35 years old. I don't remember the last time. So, I mean, short of Larry Fitzgerald, the last time a 35-year-old receiver had any sort of halfway decent production in any offense. Do you know what I mean? It's and I understand he was brought in by the Bucks and stuff like that to be a, kind of a safety blanket for Brady when a lot of the receivers were hurt. But the second the receivers are back healthy, they they cut him. Like it's not like he was irreplaceable or oh hot damn, you were so good here. We have to keep you around because you're better than Russell Gage. They were like, no, we're gonna go back to Gage or Julio or they actually they didn't cut him. Uh, he re- actually retired. He look at it was like uh, he's 33 currently, um, but he he retired. He said, you know what, like I I don't want to do this, and it, it was kind of like probably seeing the writing on the wall. You know, it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. You know, the, the offense over there wasn't really clicking the way it was expected to do. And then the receivers that, you know, were part of the system for a longer time were getting healthy coming back. So you probably, I mean, okay, so now like you brought me in and now I'm going to sit as like fourth, fifth or sixth on the depth chart where, you know, Buffalo, like he knows the system. He knows the players. He's, you know, well-versed. He can be the number three or he could be the number five. You know, he could be anywhere in there. Um, and I, I do, I, th- I, that is the one thing the bills have been missing is that reliable, get open, intelligent receiver. And I think he has the potential to fill that, that void. And, and I mean, are, am I expecting 12 catches for 120 yards? No, but I mean, uh, our, our good, our friend, we talked about him a little while ago, Buffalo Freddie, he said it, if he catches one third and long in a playoff game on the way to a win worth every penny. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think he's fine. I think he understands how to how to sit down in the zone. I think he knows how to find those openings and stuff. Um, Travis Kelsey's not fast. He just knows where to go, and Mahomes gets him the ball. And I think that's that's work for them to a Hall of Fame track career for both of them. You know what I mean? It's it's nuts. But I just you know temper expectations. I think McKenzie's still going to get a lot of playing time. But to to, to Freddie's point, he, he's not wrong. One time on a third and short, instead of having to run it, we get a quick slant or whatever, or he sits down on the zone, and it, it can be a drive extender. That's fine. Help out one time. I know there's a lot of people out there who are a little upset that Shakir has not gotten a bigger shot. Now, I understand he's not a typical slot receiver, but I also understand those people. Shakir has looked good in his limited action. Why not give the in-house guy a shot? Well, and I, I think some of that can come down to, I mean, obviously, like, we're not in-house, right? Like, we see when he catches the ball, he does some good things with it. You know, looks like he could be electric, looks like, but why is he not getting the ball? Is he not getting open or is he not being given the opportunity? You know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and obviously we don't have those stats in front of us right now. I'm sure we could find them if we wanted to, you know, his snap count. But if he's not getting a snap count, like if he's not getting a lot of snaps in the game, especially with how thin our wide receiver room has been, why? You know, well, there's, he- there's a lot of that, though. I mean, you can ask the same question about Dawson Knox. $50 million man, and he just disappeared for 13 weeks. Like, oh, how about that? And uh, it's funny because my argument there, and we actually talked about this, uh, Big Diesel and I were talking about it last week when we were actually watching the game when somebody was like, oh, my God, you know, Dawson Knox finally showed up. And it's like, uh, no, he's been there, um, but we're not paying him that money just to catch passes. He is huge in blocking. Like He, he does huge things when it comes to actually blocking, not just on you know on like getting our running game going but also helping josh like helping with the pocket especially with how banged up our offensive line has been he's been blocking more and he's been more of a true tight end as opposed to just catching passes and honestly i like it because it's one of those things where he's a guy you can forget about and when you do he can make plays you know and you're not you're not relying on him that's one of the biggest things when you have weapons there's going to be weeks guys don't get the ball the only guy that i care gets the ball Every week is Diggs. That's right. the guy I want to get the ball every week because that's the guy you want to lean on. Um, you know, but what I think this does is uh, Diggs has shown this year how intelligent he is when he runs routes. Like you see him like running off a route and then kind of like breaking the route off and sitting in a zone. And more probably like five, six, seven, eight weeks ago, uh, he was doing it a lot, a little bit less recently because he's been getting a few, you know a couple like fewer looks the last few weeks. Um, which we can get into a little bit too, but he, yeah, like I, I, every time they show it, I'm like, look, like this dude is ungodly intelligent. He sees they're playing this too high shell defense and he's supposed to be running a deeper route. And also he's like, that route's not going to be there, but there's no one else coming in this area. And there's this huge window open and he just stops and sits it down and Josh finds him. Like that's what Beasley brings to a, like, uh, but on a shorter game, you know, when you, when you protect the deep ball, those those short routes are going to be open. The problem is right now, our guys aren't getting open, and when they do, they they're we've had the drops like insane. We've had the drops. I don't. Know, I think Beasley helps fix that problem. Yeah, that that's been a, a pretty big disappointment for me. So if, if you think way back, 15, 16 weeks ago, we did. Um, I don't know if it was a just a preseason episode where it was all the hosts. Yeah, it was. That was probably 12 episodes now where it was uh, episode 100. We were all live. That, okay. And that's, and that's what I thought. I was like, I think it was a centennial episode. It was yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, And it was the um, East preview. That was, that was the big one. Uh, we right. had a few weeks in here because of obviously schedules and stuff, but. And the, the big one though was who was your X factor for the season? My answer was Gabe Davis. That yeah. I was like, uh, the Diggs is going to be Diggs. that all these guys are going to keep doing what they're doing, but we need a true legitimate number two take some pressure off of digs and to keep doing what you're doing. And I, I mean, he certainly had some big games. He's helped us win games almost single-handedly sometimes, but you can't be forgettable. The other eight, like just because you show up for three and had three catches for a buck 60 and two, you know what I mean? I don't think that's being an X factor. I think Emmanuel Sanders could have done that, like show up for three games and then call it a day. I don't know. And, and really Davis got the chance this year because Sanders got hurt last year. So that was our number two. So right. like he, he got the opportunity. He shined. And now, like you said, I mean, he, there are weeks he doesn't even show up on the stat sheet. Um, 
uh, he's having a respectable year for a number two. I mean, you know, you, you when you talk about the number two receivers on other good teams with star star number ones, I mean, are we comparing him to Waddle? Well, that's a tough comparison. Uh, they're also completely different players, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to sound like a Bills homer here on that one, but like <laughs> the, the the Dolphins receiving stats are a product of speed. Oh, 100 percent. I, I don't not, not 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 even a question. I don't find either one of them. Like if I if I had to pick five receivers in no particular order of like you're building a team and this is your de facto number one, I don't think Hill or Waddle make that list, despite the fact of where their stats are this year. I think Diggs does. I think Jefferson does. I think Adams does. I think a lot of those guys are they're they're still an anomalies. They're still unicorns. The amount of times that we've had somebody say, Oh, he's the next Tyreek Hill, and it doesn't happen. Every single year, Hollywood Brown was the next Tyreek Hill. John Ross, remember that guy? He was the next Tyreek Hill. Basically, if you ran the 40 and under 435, you are the next Tyreek Hill. And almost never do those guys come out to be the next Tyreek Hill. Like Scotty Miller is on that list. Like he was another one. They're like, like they were talking about the two of them having like a legitimate 100 meter race to see who was faster type thing. Right. And I mean, and, and that's fine. And Marky's Goodwin. Bills player, like you know what I mean? Like he was an Olympian, triple jump guy. You know what I mean? He was very, very fast. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you know what to do with it. Tyreek Hill has got muscle mass. I mean, you look at him shirtless and he's just shredded. Like he, he might be 5'10, but he's also like 215 pounds. Like he's not a small, slight guy. Of course. But so I mean, they do do something with it. I don't think it's just speed, but to your point, I don't think either one of them are root running technicians. I don't think any of them have uh, any sort of shifting. I mean, Shiftiness in the way of deking, but not shiftiness in the way they run their routes. I don't think they're fooling defensive backs. I just think they run faster than everybody else. Yeah, the, you you send one of them across the face of a defense, and he catches a ball in a window. He can turn and break it upfield. Right. He, by the time the defender breaks on it or knows what's going on, he's already five. caught it and already five yards upfield gone. Yes, and and that's exactly what it is. And that's and that's what I mean on that. So like comparing, you know, comparing Davis to like number like other teams number two. Like who's the number two in Dallas? Gallup. Technically, as as much of a joke as it sounds like T. Y. Hilton, like who they do they just signed. But yeah, I mean it, it was. You know, I mean it was Gallup. Um, Goodwin's not having a great year as the number two down there. If he's even ever, I don't even know if he's been on the field. Down, down where? Who? Uh-huh. Uh Tampa. Oh, you know, he's 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 having a better year than Mike Evans. I mean, technically, Mike Williams so, or Mike Evans is their their alpha, but. Godwin's right. having a better year. So having a better year than the number one. So, I mean, so who like, so, okay. So then that makes t- Evans t- the number t- today right now, technically, if yeah. you want to base it on statistics, Mike Evans is their number two. I don't think it's how their offense runs. Who's the X I who's Y, but no, but I like, so again, when you're comparing, like who name a number two receiver that you're like, Oh fuck. Um, probably somebody from Cincy would be the answer. Tyler. Yeah. Boyd. I mean, Higgins is good. Uh, so now you're gonna make me go like, right team. I mean, if I had to choose, I mean, I'm probably choosing Hollywood Brown over Gabe Davis. Um, again, from a running technician and speed. Now Gabe Davis is way bigger. I look at Hollywood Brown, who's he's closer to Diggs, just not as talented right. than he is to Gabe Davis. You're looking for like body frame. So, so I think I think a good answer would be like you could compare them to to Lockett and, um. Metcalf, who are both having solid years, but like, yep. neither one, but like neither one of them is tearing it up the way that like the way Diggs is. Right. Well, I think Lockett and Dig and uh, Diggs are probably pretty close. And right. I know that sounds crazy because Diggs is unbelievable. It's, but like the the talent drop off is not that. It's not no, and a lot of it is Lockett's a little bit older. Right. He's thirty, but really, I mean, he had a catch last week or whatever that Gino dropped it in the back of the end zone. He told to. I mean, it was just stupid. That was unbelievable. And you know, but I mean. Metcalf's what Gabe Davis would be if Gabe Davis was an athletic freak who runs a four four forty at you know however size he is. Right. My biggest thing for for Gabe Davis is I want more consistency with his hands because sure. like, he's been in positions to make plays for us and the like. Again, we have the drops. You know the 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 the, the seventy yard bomb that Josh threw after the el- after the elbow injury hit him in the hands. You got to catch that. You have to catch that ball. Like, and if you do, we win that football game. Right. 
there was a touchdown earlier in one in one of the games. Hit him in the hands. Didn't catch it. And like it almost looks like he's playing as though he's not expecting the ball to get there. Like I'm expecting the debate to be DB to make this play. The DB misses the ball, and then he's like, "Oh crap!" and fumbles it. Uh, it like or, or bobbles it and drops it. I mean, that's what I need. I need more consistency with his hands. Outside of that, I think he's fine. I just, just catch the fucking ball. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. But it's interesting. I mean, I just feel like you know, there's so many guys who you either crumble or rise to the occasion. And what we need, like to your point, consistency. We've had feast of famine. We got four touchdowns and 200 yards against the Chiefs, and then we have critical drops in high-pressure situations. And you're going, are you the same guy? Right. Like on, on a national stage in a game where against the Chiefs last year where there is literally no room for error. Like you cannot make a single mistake. You're going to lose. And it was widely considered as maybe the greatest NFL game ever seen. It was insane. And then you get a guy who just like is dropping routine third down. But do you know what I mean? I'm like, who? All right. Yeah. And 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 that's really my big issue there. And I, and I think the addition to get back on topic, the addition of Cole Beasley helps all of this. It's another guy you have to worry about. Like I said, they, I mean, they brought him off the they brought him off the streets in Tampa, and he garnered doubles from the slot. There's video of it all over the place. I mean, you you have to know where he is, or he's going to shred you for ten catches and hundred yards. Because that's what he does. He like he's not going to burn you. He's not going to, you know, catch the ball and take it ninety yards. He's not going to, you know, run a deep route and I, you know, I, I don't know if I how many times in my life I've seen him catch a ball deeper than twenty yards downfield. Because right. that's what he does. Right. But what that does is it makes you have to shrink down and lets guys like Davis take the top off. Let's guy lets a guy like Smoke who might see the field a little bit more. Let you know it it, it leaves other things open for a guy like Shakir. Who might be? It's like 2019 Bills merging with 2020 Bills. Let's do offenses together. And and there's a lot to be said with chemistry too. You know, when there was a lot that happened with Cole Beasley last year. You know, the COVID stuff and everything else, and what he said on Twitter, and some of the stuff he said since he's come back. You know, he he said, "Listen, like I didn't handle that well." But at the same time, like I have to, I had to hear from my kid that he wasn't invited to a friend's birthday because his mom, the kid's mom wouldn't let him because she didn't like what I said on Twitter. Right. Which that's is unfortunate. You, you would take it out on a kid like that. Like the kid right, didn't like, do anything wrong. Like, so, so like, that's why I took things the wrong way. That's why I acted the way I did, because it was like, like you're going, like you're, you're going off thing. Like you're not inviting my kid to be at, with his friends because you don't like me. I, that like, why are you punishing like both, both of our kids? He goes like my my son is still friends with that guy with that with with that young man, but like my son was not invited to hang out with him because her like his mom doesn't like me like I'm not going to be there. My kid is so like you know he's he's come out and been you know contrite about things. He reached out to 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 Bean and said, hey, you know if you guys are open, I'm open. And there was a, a heartfelt conversation. And when the you know. Uh, now it's just not just between him and Bean, but with him and you know Josh. Josh requested it. Josh Allen said, I want him back. Great. Awesome. I did I want, read that today too, that they, when he came back, he came back and it was like in quotes, like with an understanding. Yes. Like they were, they had, they hashed it out and they, they talked it through and it was like, okay, I don't want to say there was like quid pro quo is not the right word, but like there, the, okay, here's what we expect from you. Let's just not lose focus on the goal here. Yeah. We're winning championships. Like, let's just go to town. Okay. Sounds good. I'm in. Stemming off of this, the, the news of Odell Beckham. Uh, Odell. Not not yet signed, and everything that's coming out is all, like almost every team that he has met with. Not really, uh, not really on the Odell train anymore. I mean, as as common, I mean, it's probably the most happens all the time. Serious football injury, the dreaded ACL. I feel like every team goes through one or two. Sometimes more if you're the Baltimore Ravens of last year, like ACL tears every year. Right. Um, some people, if you're a freak of Nate, like Adrian Peterson healed from his in like eight months and like rushed for 2000 yards the next year. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Some people are just built differently. Odell's a little seasoned. He's 29. Like you don't just bounce back from stuff like that. It's It happened in the Super Bowl, which is tough. I mean, that's February. So, I mean, it hasn't even been. 10, 11 months yet. I mean, it's about the mark. but I like, and you look at Trey white, 
I mean, he was out for over a year. He right. he, he he tore his ACL in the the Thanksgiving game last year, and the game after his first game back was like what fifteen snaps on Thanksgiving, right? And like he he was out way longer than I think people thought. I mean, it, it's always a guesstimation. You don't really know your body's going to take to it how it takes to it, and yeah, it, 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 and it was a oh he'll be good to go for the start of next year. Eh, like, eh, probably week four. Okay, week ten. <laughs> right. Also, and, we were in such a fortunate spot that we didn't need him. Right. I mean, it would have been nice to have him, but it wasn't like, holy mother of God, we got to cover somebody. We need you to come back and push this. And, you know, a, a lot of it started, people started questioning it. Like, why, why aren't you ready? Like, what's wrong? Like, what, what the hell's the matter with you? And people are like, oh, they're going to hold them out the rest of the year and trade them. I don't know if, I don't know if that's the case. Um, but you know, I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, he wanted to be sure he was ready. You know, the last thing you want to do is rush back from that and re-injure it. And then your career's over. I've heard from a lot of people that the mental recovery is, is almost worse than the physical recovery. Probably. That's specifically within, it's not like breaking your arm where you're like, you know, okay, I can still wiggle my fingers. I'm wearing a cast like a ditchy. Okay, that sucks. You wouldn't be like fearful of making a fist or like moving your arm, like holding your kid after your arm heals. At least I don't think anyways, but with your knee, how do you cut or just like, you know, goof around or, you know what I mean? Like, move your knee in a way where you have to be reactionary to a receiver. And then how many times during field confidence was he doing things and like doing, you know, physical therapy and stuff. And all of a sudden he was really, really sore or he moved the wrong way and it twinged and it hurt like hell because he's not used to moving like that anymore. And that's part of physical therapy, but like there's a lot to it. And, you know, so now we have this Odell thing, but from what I've heard, you know, and from what's been put out there, a lot of teams were uh, uh, the first chunk of teams was, was concerned that he basically would not work out pre-signing. Like, no, I'm not going to go through a workout. I'm not going to go. And teams were like, why? Like, listen, we're taking you to NBA games with our star players. We're feeding you a four course meal from one of the best restaurants in the area. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing like, we're doing all these things for you. We're not going to ask you to like simulate a full game for us. Right, right. I need you to jog around the infield and catch some passes from deck. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. T- like a couple, a couple soft routes, just nice and easy walk through stuff. Like just show me that you can move and that you're not like favoring that knee a little bit. No. Okay. Okay. Then it started to come out that, you know, he, he overvalued himself. You know, he, like there was a number he wanted. And when teams found that out, they're like, we're not giving you that. Like, especially if we don't know if you're healthy. And then, oh, I want to come in and be the X factor for playoffs. And teams are like, great. When can you start? And he's like, after week 17. Right. Which at that point, you're basically useless. It's going to take you time to get up to speed. People don't, it's one and done, man. This isn't no seven game series. Like, I, we need I'm, to know. I'm not paying you probably far more than vet minimum for maybe a game. Just tell him that you'll give it to him in Bitcoin and then he'll take it. And then, you know, he'll he'll have paid to play football instead of getting paid to play football. Unreal, right? Which is hysterical. It's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> One of my favorite random stats. I I will be surprised um, if we see Odell suit up this year. And I think it would be interesting to see what happens going into next year then. Um, the, t- the type of team that would sign Odell now-ish is not the type of team that's like a Super Bowl favorite. Like... The Chiefs aren't thinking about it. The Bills aren't thinking about it. The Cowboys aren't thinking. They, I mean, the Cowboys would have rather had thirty-one-year-old T.Y. Hilton. They just went another direction. They were like, "Never mind." Yeah, and then that that tells me everything I need to know. The Bills brought back two receivers the last two weeks. That, um, you know, are they're they're less than a year removed from their last game, but they're guys they know. They're guys that they know, they know can can at least give them a shot. Um, you know, the Giants are playing Isaiah Hodgins. Like he's a number one, which is cool. I I liked him. I was a big fan of him. He just got buried on our depth chart. I know Sports Center guys were like Isaiah Hodgins touchdown. Who? And I'm like, I know who that is. Yeah, cool. <laughs> sixth, round, sixth round draft pick, like three years ago. He spent two years on the IR once because of an ACL and once because of like continuing complications thereof. And now he's doing well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll be like the Giants sound like a good idea there, but again, the Giants are almost on the outside looking in right now. And uh, are you going to go hang out with Danny Dimes? Probably not. You left like the last dude that played like Danny Dimes that was there. You left because you couldn't stand playing with him. 
So now you're going to go to Eli 2.0? Probably not. Talking about Eli's like the slowest guy ever. At least Daniel Jones can run. <laughs> yeah. And then triple over <laughs> Um, that was one time and it was Valentine's Day. No, it was Valentine's other Day. other fun news before we get into the uh Jesus, I don't even know what time we clicked to play on this, so I don't know how long we've been going, but like one quick thing before we get back into or get into the NFL game previews. Uh the Shannon Sharp skip Bayless thing. One, I want your like, was that is that a work? Is that like a WWE style thing where like you're gonna pretend and scream at each other? Or is this like modern ESPN, which is in what I consider clickbait journalism? Um, basically say whatever you can say to garner attention gone wrong. Oh, no, I think I think that Skip Bayless's entire career and a lot of Nick, really anybody who's on TV every day to stop it from getting stale. You have to have conflict and you have to have back and forth. This this our podcast would be really routinely boring if you and I got on here for an hour, completely agreed with what the other person was saying the entire time and then said, OK, guys, see you next week. Sometimes it's annoying to listen to the two of us argue. Sometimes it's entertaining. It's fun to see it back and forth to argue a great point or to, you know, whatever. I think that's what they do. They show up like, know. like professionals at, at five o'clock in the morning. They're, you know what I mean? They're up there working at five. They sit down and they go, all right, man, here's what we're talking about. All right, I'll argue that Dak is a top five QB. You're going to argue that he's not even the top 10. You and I are going to go red in the face, screaming at each other, and it's going to be really entertaining for 35 minutes. I think they do that every single day. I, now, I agree with that. Uh, no, I don't know if Skip said something that actually po shannon sharp uh, it's uh, i but i think that skip bayless's entire career he did it with woody page he's done it with you know dana jacobs and those it's just well i mean him and Stephen a smith like with like that was their whole thing you know steve right. like and, and i mean Stephen a just yells to yell at this point like that's the him. unmitigated goal the disrespect the, um, that's i mean <laughs> uh and so basically what happened was um they were talking about tom brady and shannon sharp was talking about how this is probably Tom Brady's worst year and was asking like, you know, it was kind of like he's slowing down. Like he's not this ageless wonder that we've played him up to be. And skip like went hard in the paint, defending him basically to looking at Shannon Sharp being like, you don't like Tom Brady. Cause you're jealous of Tom Brady. Cause you're not Tom Brady and you never would be Tom Brady. You're jealous that he's playing at 45 when you had to retire at 35. He, you know, and everything. And Shannon Sharp's like, bro, I'm a hall of famer. Right, right, right. I'm not jealous. I mean, and anybody anywhere can be jealous of Tom Brady. He has the goat. Like, I mean, like that's fine. Even to other Hall of Famers, like they get it. Yeah. <laughs> they understand. But, but to say I am saying that Tom Brady's having a bad statistical year because I'm jealous that I'm not Tom Brady. Like, no one. He's having a bad. Like, he's he's putting up a lot of yards because they're losing a lot. They're winning a bad division. Congratulations! You're the a, you're winning the 2019 AFC East. You may make the playoffs with a losing record. You're not having a good year. The team's not having a good year. You're not having a good year. It just, it doesn't look like it. We're used to Tom Brady looking. And the answer was, you're jealous that you're not Tom Brady. You're not as good as Tom Brady. You're never going to be as good. You were never going to be as good as Tom Brady. You wish you were Tom Brady. Therefore, you're talking smack about Tom Brady. And Shannon Sharp was like, you're now coming at me personally because I said Tom Brady's having a bad statistical season. Like he's not playing well, like the bucks aren't doing well. And you're coming at me in my career. And like, like there was a point he took his glasses off and Skip was like, Oh, put your damn glasses back on. And like, I like legitimately, legitimately thought Shannon Sharp was coming up, coming over the table. Like, I, I thought this was going to look like a WWE contract signing. where like flip, flip, flip the table, go to town. Yeah. Flip, flips the table. And there's a sledgehammer taped to the bottom. Like hundred <laughs> percent thought that was going to be the move. It, it was heated. And like, and honestly, it's part of the reason I don't watch ESPN because I listen, you and I used to watch that stuff a lot. Like in college, like every single day, you know what I mean? Was a, because there, it was, you may not agree, but it was common. Like it, it was a normal conversation. There was like just a, a normal flow to the chat where now you're literally just yelling at each other. Me and you yell at each other. We, and we don't agree on things sports wise fairly regularly. And we get heated, we get animated, but I've t- like ESPN has just become two people yelling at each other about sports. That's all it is. And it's Listen, in, in the in the world of you guys can't see me at home putting this in air quotes. Reality TV, 
You know what I mean? Everything's scripted. Everything has to be outrageous. And when everything's outrageous, nothing's outrageous. Uh, right. And they they just you have to. It's it's TV. It's about ratings. They have to draw you in. That uh, to your point, it's clickbait journalism. They have to get your eyes somehow, whether it's on the app or the TV or a streaming service, you name it. But it, we're here talking about it, and that's the point. Because if sh- if they hadn't have done that, that episode would have come and gone. You and I would not have mentioned anything that they said. Correct. As would most of the country, and everybody would just keep on living. And yet here we are. And uh, you know, we all know how uh, how how much of a dual edged sword clickbait journalism and saying things to get reactions from people can be. As uh, one of Buffalo's own is now jobless again. I uh, joined a podcast, made a comment about how female fans are not real football fans and they're basically just want to be cheerleaders, which uh, at bare minimum, bare minimum, regardless of what you think, it's 2022, bro. You can't say that. I, it's that's uh, the stupidity that some people have. It's going to boggle my mind that you don't I just, I mean, I, I, I don't know. have been canceled for, for less. Oh, right. Right. And to your, I mean, and we were kind of talking about before we started that he didn't have a great track record to begin with. It's not like people would go to bat for him or give him the benefit of the doubt or something like that. Like, nope, you're a moron, man. You kind of had this one coming. That's on you. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure he got let go by the Buffalo news, like probably like five, six years ago now, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little shorter. I don't know. I don't know the exact dates, but, um, you know, for, for comments and like just writing basically what they, I believe considered inflammatory journalism, just basically like, Hey man, uh, people hate you. Like people are legitimately canceling their subscriptions because they hate you. That's not okay. Like, yep. But I, I I write opinionated, factually based articles. You're a dick. <laughs> like okay. it's it's just so funny. I mean, especially in the in, in the modern NFL, we've got female strength and conditioning coaches. We've got female skill position coaches. We've got color commentators. They they do games from the booths. It's not like they're they're only sideline reporters. He's Exactly. And they don't even mention it anymore. It's because it really, they did. They really were trying to highlight the crap out of that one. Oh, first female referee. Honestly, I don't know what her name is, but honestly, I only know Ed Hockley and he's not even a guy anymore. He retired. He was the only official. I actually knew what his name was, but they don't even mention it. It's just, oh, he went to talk to the up judge or the back judge or the line judge. What You know what I mean? They just, and she's whatever position she is that game. It's, they don't even mention it anymore, but to be so just nearsighted and just oblivious to you know the dialogue coming out of your mouth all right it's like and just and it was funny because the like the dudes whose show he was on were like they tried to like steer it away and there are people who are like even going in on them about like you did not like defend this enough type thing like okay calm down but the whole thing is it's almost like if you start talking about it it's worse now right. that you're trying to sweep it under the rug but like okay i'm gonna try to Limit this disaster. <laughs> up and move on. Shut up and move right, on. Right, exactly. Uh, and based on that, we're going to shut up and move on. Uh, we're going to start as we do every week with the Bills game. Bills, Orchard Park, home game against the Dolphins. Um, I hate the Dolphins coach. Do you? I. You know what? It's him. so. It's so stupid because he's a weird guy. I want to hate him because he's the Dolphins coach. I I can't tell you why I don't hate him. I because you know what really I kind of relate to him. He's my kind of coaching style. I hear him like ragging on Tua, like in the headset, like "Oh man, Georgia's the best team ever." Like, could you imagine another guy playing for an SEC? Like, but he's talking to Tua in his ear, like hearing him bash Alabama. Like, that's funny. Like, that's funny. The him, him saying, no, 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 man, I, I effed up. No, that, that's not on you. I call the bad play. It just, I don't remember the last time I've heard, like, in-game, at a press conference afterwards, yeah, oh, yeah, accountability. Hey, it starts at me. We got to be better. To In the middle of a game, be like, no, 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 man, that, I fuck, that's my, my bad. Like, I don't think and listen, that happens. I, not, I applaud that. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, and I'm not saying that he, you know, doesn't have good coach, like, good qualities about him. One, the whole, the whole, the entire handling of the two situation. And this is the, when everything's just kind of like a shrug off, sarcastic, try to be funny, try to be lighthearted comment. It, it starts to lose something. So like after Tua's first concussion and the whole, like, Oh, it was a back injury. And like, okay. So then you equated what you saw on the field to a back injury. Did you evaluate him for the back injury? Well, no, I mean, it's a back injury. Like he can get looked at later. Right. 
Like, I'm no doctor. Yeah, like, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure we can look at that later, right? Like, and then after the second one, when we damn near saw him, I don't know, respond with extreme neurological symptoms from being dropped on his head for the second time in four days. Your answer was like, oh, no, he's fine. I don't even know if he's can cuss. Like, we were in the tunnel. He was, like, asking for me. And, like, he was asking, like, what, like, how we did on that play. And, like, you know, joking and laughing with me about how, like, you know, about something, you know, about something else. And, like, he was asking for you because he didn't know where he was. He was wondering what the result of the play was. Bro, you had the ball and got sacked. What do you mean you don't know what happened? That's a problem. That's not okay. Like, and really the handling of that situation in in my, in my mind, like painted him differently where this like smug, like sarcastic 24 seven. And I'm a sarcastic guy. Right. Like just that, like, yeah, uh, Justin Fields running wild on the Dolphins defense. Hey man, could you like stop scrambling? Like, right, right, right. knock it off, man. Like, how about you shut up and coach and find out how to stop him because that's your job. And like, I get the lightheartedness of it, but at the same time, like if I'm a player in my, if Mike, if I'm a defensive player, who's not on the field on that play, but I'm like about to sub in or I could sub in whatever. And I hear my coach go, Hey man, could you knock it off? Like, could you stop doing that to us? I'm like, Hey man, how about we figure out how to stop him from doing that instead of asking. He's like, well, hey, like, oh, we heard you ask the, uh, Justin Fields about, like, I mean, uh, we kind of tried everything else. I figured, like, has anybody asked him to not do that? Like, bro. I think we understand, like, a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many times do you want to see the video clips of, like, Andrew Luck getting murdered by some D lineman? He going, hey, man, nice hit, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, complimenting the dude that just drove him into the turf and, like, bruised his ribs. Oh, okay. Like, my, my issue is it's constant. Like, and well, so for perfect example, Dan Campbell, I love Dan Campbell. I would run yep. through a wall for Dan Campbell. I am a Dan Campbell fan. I do. I root for Detroit. They're in the NFC all the time. Dan Campbell needs to stop crying. <laughs> He's an emotional fired up that. guy. I get that. But it's like anything else. If you do it all the time, it loses its, it loses its pluck, it loses its value. Right. Like, See, like and, and, and you and I, I'm sure are, I mean, so we just talk about how we get fired up, but like, I think from the most standpoint, like you and I are of, of the, at least in a game, you should be calm, cool, and collected. While everybody else is losing their minds, the head coach should be. Yes. You know what I mean? The the guy who's keeping you level. You're not, you mean, like guys, I mean, really, McDermott does it well. Mike Tomlin does it well. Guys who are like almost stoic. Yeah. Something doesn't go their way. You wouldn't know. Tomlin's yeah. just chewing his gum. The McDermott's just, I mean, no smiles, no clapping. cursing under his breath, nothing, just chilling. Just clapping. Like yep, stuff stuff that people bash him for, and I I don't know. McDaniel just drives me nuts. I like every time I see him. I like he there was a video out tonight of him walking through uh, practice, which they're not practicing in Buffalo quite yet. I think they're traveling tomorrow, or no? Yeah, I think they're traveling tomorrow. Um, but like he's like he's like in an inside somewhere wherever they're practicing. They're inside, and he's walking around with his like sweatpants rolled up. And a t-shirt that says, I wish it was colder. Like, bro, you were just using propane heaters in a dome in L.A. You don't know how cold it's going to be. Technically, they were outside. It's kind oh. of a dome. There's sort of a roof. It was 60 degrees. It was, it was not cold. Yeah, that's correct. It was not cold at all. Using propane heaters. But now you're like, oh, I wish it was colder. I'll bet your team doesn't. And like, I, I don't know. They... I wish you knew who I was talking. I wish I could like I could tell you who uh, like there's somebody he reminds me of, and I think that's another reason. I, I like the dude. I like the dude that he reminds me of. But like, if you put that dude in a sports setting, I would not like him, and that's probably part of my issue. But uh, Bill's Dolphins big revenge game here, a drastic change in weather from the first time, um, a good ninety degree swing probably. It's yeah. I'm so torn on this game because I just want to be a Bill Ever. And, and maybe it's just bad memories and some PTSD from the last game that I think we whole we just should have won so many different times. That game was that should have just been ours. But it's just it wasn't. And that's fine. And that's how football goes. But like 
Everybody goes, oh, wait till they come here in the snow. They're all going to freeze, blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't like snow games. It's an equalizer. It's not an advantage for Buffalo. I had people like, oh, we shouldn't have a dome because we're blue collar and we love the snow. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's fine. I want our high powered air, air raid offense to have no limits or anything whatsoever. I don't want 80 mile an hour gusting winds where the Patriots can run for 400 yards on us and beat us three zip. I no, I don't want that. That problem is solved. If you play indoors, it levels the playing field. I don't like it. I would prefer to play inside the dome in years past when we sucked. Yeah, we, we wanted to bring teams down to our level. That's where we needed the snow to help out. Now that we're better than most teams, the snow brings us closer to them. That's the wrong direction. The, the but thing, that's just my two cents. The thing that I think this will play into in our favor with this game is going to be, it's going to slow them down. Like the, like Miami's big thing is speed, right? Like we're faster. Mm-hmm. Than you. We're going to move quicker than you. It's tough to do that when you're running through seven inches of snow. I mean, and while that's a thing, is it harder to play offense in those conditions or is it harder to play defense in those conditions? I think it's harder to play offense in those conditions. Oh, really? Because I think it's harder for defenses to react. You're already slowed down, but if you don't know which direction that guy's going, I think it's harder to react when it's slippery and the advantage goes to the offense. Like if you told me that Jeff Wilson had 130 rushing yards in a score in this game, I'd go, yeah, no, that sounds about right. I, I, we don't, couldn't- I don't know that they're built to run the ball that well. I think Jeff Wilson helps that. I just don't think they're built to run the ball that well. They're not a, a grinding offense. They're they want to get to the perimeter. They want to burn you with speed. And I think the snow slows that down. And I don't think Tua can throw in it. I don't think he knows how because he's never had to. And like right. that's not a, that's not a oh I think Tua sucks. I do think Tua sucks, but it, like he doesn't know how to throw in the snow because he's never had to throw in the snow. It, I mean, I I don't think he's. I mean, I'm with you. I don't think he sucks, but he also doesn't have. He's probably got one of the weakest arms in all the NFL. Yes. And one of two things happens. He runs their offense really well where he throws between five and 15 yards and then can take the top off a team with two of the fastest receivers in the league for 25 yards and they run the other 60 for a touchdown. Or he looks like he looked last week where at one point he was like four for 19 for 18 yards or something. Like, And then, and the only reason that like that game even looks remotely respectable is because Tyreek... Tyreek caught a ball where the cornerback fell and Tyreek like jogged to a touchdown. Like, and if it wasn't, wasn't for that, which was like, I believe a 68 yard score or something like something like that. I don't know if that was the, the fumble recovery, the scoop and oh. score where it scored it out. And then no, and people were trying to give two a credit for that too, by the way, they were like, Oh, look, he pointed. I'm like, Tyreek was past him. Tyreek knew where he was going. Like, come on. Fuck off. You don't think the guy that's done kick and punt returns his entire career like doesn't know where he's going and a massive pile of people like he'll find no, him. I, I give more credit to the dude at the bottom of the pile that shoveled the ball to him. Yeah, very seriously. Just swatted it in the open field. That was a very blinked and thought out move. Like that was a very cerebral play. Uh, who do you got in this one? Uh, I mean, I just blind Bills fans here. I mean, it's a home game. I think we do. We do have an advantage. I think as well as the the snow limits us a little bit. I think we still win. No, I think it'll be close. I think 27-24, 27-20. I think it'll be a one-score game. I'm going 23-10. I, th- I think first, for, like first, it's either going to be the first drive of the game, the first drive out of the half, or a scum time touchdown. Gets that, like, one of those three. It's not going to be, like, a middle of the second quarter, Bills are up by seven, they score. I, like, I think they get, like, a field goal there. Then the, I got 23, 23-10 total. Um. Thursday Night Football might actually be a decent game, uh, although I have no idea. Oh, Josh Johnson might be playing quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> we're going to find out if they can win with literally anybody under center because they're going to try. Um, they've got Mr. Irrelevant a W, but he's banged up. He's listed Listen, as Brock. Brock Purdy looked good, man. I, we'll see, but he looked he looked fine. That, that didn't, didn't look terrible, that's for sure. Uh, playing the Seahawks, who I mean, these two teams playing for their uh, playing for their Damn. lives right now. Division lead, I think, right? This is I think the winners in first place. Uh, I'm looking that up right now. Actually, the 49ers might have overtaken them because Seattle's dropped. They lost to uh, the Raiders in overtime with that. Yes. So Josh in, Jacobs, 900 yard day. The the Niners are nine and four, and the Seahawks are seven and six. Yeah. So it wasn't as close as I thought. But still, I mean, if the Seahawks do want to win the division, beating the guys there in first place is a good way to start. And you know, beating the guys in first place when they don't have really have a quarterback to speak of. Uh, is I mean, good? seriously, that that's how everybody saw this division going, right? Seahawks in second, 
Rams in last place. <laughs> Three wins, no big deal. 49ers not starting anybody you've ever heard of at quarterback. Yep. Um, who do you got in this one? Ooh, I mean, I'm going with the I mean, defense wins championships. I'm going with the Niners. I mean, I think you're the best defense in football. I think Nick Bosa has a field day. I it, they, that's just really tough to I, I don't disagree. Uh, speaking, we went from Mr. Irrelevant to the game of relevancy. The Colts traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings at the Saturday 1 p.m. time slot. Uh, the Colts are not good. No, they are not. I, I, I mean, we talked about this, I think, the last time I was on. But they would have been better off just drafting a quarterback and developing that guy, regardless of who he was, than going through the QB carousel that they've had over the last five years. Or, I mean, really since Luck retired, essentially, that's... Yeah, uh, it it's gotten so bad there that they people were joking that the Joe Flacco uh, outing this past week against the Bills was his tryout for the Colts, and the Colts loved him. Is what is is the running joke? <laughs> uh, Vikings, little uh, little slip ups here and there recently. You know they looked like world beaters when they beat the Bills. Um, got whooped the very next week by the by Dallas, and then got beat by the Lions last week. Um. But I, this is a get-right game for them. I think so. I think, I mean, we're going to go back. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson are going back and forth as to who's going to break the single-season yardage record. I, I get Tyreek Hill. There's a speed thing. Justin Jefferson isn't overwhelmingly fast. He's fast. He's not um, four two nine fast. I mean, he's not real fast. It's great great hands, elite routes. And, and really, and that's what it is. And, and my whole thing is like, like in the Buffalo game, it was the area that I was critical on of the Bills. You know it's going to him. How do you not just take him out of the play? I don't double him every if Adam Thielen beats you for nine and a buck ten and a score, you know what shit happens. Adam Thielen beat us. Justin Jefferson should not have 10 catches for 190 yards or 200 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, put a bell on him. I'm confused. I don't understand. And uh, some of that, I mean, was great coverage, and he just made a play. Correct. That one-handed grab, I take nothing away from him. It's tough to keep supremely talented people down. Even even like one of his touchdown grabs, he was blanketed. It was a great play. Uh, you know, good good players make plays. I mean, yep. but again, but again, um, you know, you you know they're going to him. How? Why was there not help there? Right. I mean, Diggs. Diggs last game. Diggs is a great player. You know what I mean? Fantastic number one receiver in football this year. Whether you want to argue talent or not, you know, whatever. Sure. But he had what, like three catches for? I mean, I don't know. We, I mean, it was not a great day for him. I mean, he had three three catches for less than sixty yards. I think. Oh, it it like so much so that it let a couple other people like catch him in the yardage race or get close. Right. Um, so like Sauce Gardner and their safety help, like, hey, Diggs is not going to beat us. If they're going to beat us in a way, it's just not going to be. Right, Diggs. and 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 again, good teams win that way. Good teams win ugly. So, right. um. Ravens Browns the Saturday 4:30 time slot, you know, the game that nobody's going to watch cuz they're all eating dinner and going out with friends. Um we're going to have to go with the Brownies. I mean, Tyler Huntley, I just don't see. Uh is Tyler Huntley playing? I do, I don't know. I don't know who the guy I don't who's their third string quarterback, but that's kind of my point. It's uh, it's I don't dude from Oregon. He's a rookie uh he played at Oregon. I know that cuz we looked it up when I was like, "Oh, Huntley left the game with an injury." So, Who's this guy? Is it Chipley or something? No, I'm not making that up. It's not. No. Um, but yeah, the uh, I'm going to go with the Browns here too. Uh, the Ravens' defense has not been great. It's going to this is going to play into the Browns' strength of running the football. Um, I assume it's going to be cold, probably a little bit snowy because they're kind of in this very similar area as us. Um, and I think that just plays with, especially without Lamar on the field. I think that plays in the Browns' strength. <clears throat> and I think you see the Browns take this one, uh, which unfortunately really turns things into the Bengals division at that point. Uh, right now, today, I think the, the Bengals are the most dangerous team in football. Oh, I and agree. I say that being a Bills fan and respecting the Chiefs, but right now, today, there's not many people who are, are teams that are playing as good as the Bengals are. Oh, no, you're you're absolutely right there. Um, one of the teams that's on the verge of playing as well as the Bengals is the Eagles, and they're going to go beat the ever-living tar out of the Bears. Again, unless Chicago weather keeps the uh, the Eagles grounded. I'm not going to lie to you. I did forget about the Eagles. <laughs> they're, 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 they're playing pretty fantastic. But um, so much of that stems from Jalen Hurts. And oh, I yeah. think the problem you're going to run into 
I mean, I guess it's true of an awful lot of teams. If you can slow him, they're going to lose because he's like the center and the focal point of like everything. It's not like, like the Bengals. If you slow down Burrow, like, Oh, Mixon can eat you alive. And, uh, and as much as I like Sanders, they've been winning without, without Mixon. Well, that's what I'm saying. P Ryan, the running game, like, I mean, whatever that is, it's just, they can beat you multiple ways. Yes. Yeah. But I know I, I think the Eagles are just going to roll. They're the number one or number two rushing team in all football. And whether it's Sanders or Scott or Hertz or whoever it's they're it, they're they're going to do well, and the, I, I guess the best you can hope for there would be a uh, just an overall slop fest of right. a game, you know, muddy, gross, disgusting to slow them down. And again, that that level the playing field thing that we talked about with the Bills in the snow game. Um, the Lions taking on the Jets in New York in New Jersey. Um, I, I want the I want the Lions to keep winning, and I want the AFCs to keep losing. Go Lions! Yeah, and I actually think the Lions are going to win. I think Goff's playing exceptional football. Um, I think their their running game is fine. And I mean the Jets have a good defense. I, I don't see the Lions putting up thirty points, but I, I think this game could legitimately, like for reals, be like 35-30, 35-30, even though they're playing in New York. I mean, I, I just I don't see I don't see the Jets having the ability to score points. The Lions- it, it depends on if Mike White plays. If I mean they're using Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White can score. He can throw. I mean, I I'm still not sold on Mike White. I don't know if he's their franchise answer, but I mean, I like and the Lions' defense has been playing better. I don't think the Jets have the ability to score points the way they're going to want to against the Lions. But that Jets' defense is going to keep the Lions a little bit under wraps. I, if there's 30 total points in this game, I might be surprised. I would take the over. I don't know what the line is. Vegas is usually creepily, eerily like Wiccan magic correct on a lot of these things. No kidding. Um. I might I might go bet the under on that one. That'll be fun. Let's do that. Put it on the board. Jaws is betting the under on that game. You you go to the next game. I'm gonna find out what the line is. <laughs> I'm looking up right now. I want to find out what we're talking about here. So uh the next game is the Steelers and the Panthers. This is a game, another uh a big old pile of who gives a shit because the Steelers suck. <laughs> They're pretty much out of the out of out of it. The Panthers are uh tanking for I don't know. They're they're in second place in their division somehow. The, the line's 44 and a half. Just okay. I'm taking the under. Okay. Um, yeah. Panthers, second place in the division and the worst division in football. Um, a, a, a game behind the Bucks. It's ugly. It's not good. And on the other side, the Steelers at the same record, the bottom feeders of the AFC North, which I don't think anybody saw that coming, but at the same time, not surprised because. If you don't have a quarterback, it's hard to win football games. And um, Kenny Pickett, not sure if he's him. I mean, he's playing like a rookie. Sam Darnold, I'm not sure. He'll not him. Yeah, I, I, I am going to take Pittsburgh in this game, though. Even on the road, I think I think it's going to come out. This game could be a game that comes down to coaching, and I trust Mike Tomlin more than I trust Steve Wilkes. Um, I this is going to be another ugly one, like last week, like a sixteen to fourteen. Not a whole lot going on. Um, hoping for both Najee and Foreman to have big days on the ground and that be the only offense for either team. Yay. Fantasy Bob. Yeah. Uh Chiefs Titans. <laughs> the tight or sorry, the Texans. Chiefs Texans. Texans almost, almost upset the Cowboys last week. I don't think they have the magic twice to keep two back to back teams down. I think the Chiefs score 30 at the half. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It's going to be way up. It's not even going to be close. Uh, I hope the Texans find a way to score points, though, like they did last week, because I want Mahomes to have to keep throwing the football, because I love that for my fantasy, Bob. Uh, Listen, the two of us are going head-to-head for a playoff. I know. I'm playing you. Go Houston, I guess. I I don't know. It's fine. No, Mahomes is absolutely going to roll. Could not not have asked for a better matchup for a do-or-die game. Um, Another, God, the, the, the games this week are not ideal. I can see why they flex the bills the Saturday night because uh, Falcon Saints Saints have a okay defense and the Falcons have a not okay offense. It's going to be ugly. I mean, I'm going to go with the Saints in this one just because I think their defense is pretty good and Desmond Ritter's starting quarterback. Now, I don't see nope. the rookie going don't like particularly it. well. Yep, don't like it. Yeah, Saints because they're again because of their defense. Andy Dalton season. 
Um, Cowboys at Jags. Jags are probably one of the more interesting teams in football right now. Uh, so hot and cold. They either look like they can beat the world or they look like uh, they are still being coached by Urban Meyer. And the Cowboys, again, barely, barely survived the Texans last week. NFL's league of parity. Can't go week. You know, it's a week to week league. Going to be a different game. Uh, this game, I, this game streams, screams trap game to me that everybody's going to go. Oh, the Cowboys are definitely going to win this game. And then the Jags are going to win. Yeah. The Jags are going to find a way to pull it out. And uh, I interesting to see the growth there in Jacksonville uh, of that offense. They love Doug Peterson, man. They do. Which I mean, the, the bar was set like not even on the floor, like underground with Urban Meyer. Like it's really bad, but Doug Peterson has done a pretty good job there. Yeah. And I mean, you know, making like the resurgence of Zay Jones as a wide receiver in the NFL, um, Christian Kirk. I, I don't think either one of them is worth what they were paid, but I mean, they're starting to produce. So maybe they are. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I like the upset alert. Jaguars, let's go. I mean, my my head just goes like everybody else. Just yeah, Dallas is going to win, <laughs> but I'd be the guy who would lose money in this. That I would pick the Cowboys, and then they're going to lose. Yeah, because you and you know why? Because of back to back weeks with soft teams, quote unquote. Like right. you're you're going to come out and you're going to be like, hey, we we survived it last week. Last week was the trap. We're good to go. We're going to get right against the Jags, and then the Jags are going to sneak up and beat you because you're going to be going in like last week was the tough one. We're good. Like we 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 beat the trap. You know, we we didn't. We didn't trip. And here you go. Oh, my God. Cardinals, Broncos. What is the NFL doing with this scheduling? This is bad. We're going to have like uh, Colt McCoy versus uh, was it Frank Frank Rippin? Ripon? His uh, dad was a baseball guy, wasn't he? I think he was a pitcher. I think so, yeah. But I mean, yeah. It's, it's not it's not good. Is, is Russ not starting? I think he's still concussed. I think. Okay. I don't think he's practiced. That's right. I did see the uh, the funny the funny meme of like, um, like it, like instead of it like Broncos country, let's ride. It was like, let's Bronco country ride, and like his head was all bandaged up and stuff. It was pretty funny. I I don't even care who wins this game. This game sucks. The Cardinals- it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's totally not. Go Jerry, the, who's going to be on my bench for fantasy? The, the Seahawks are like. Go Cardinals, Colt McCoy, you're our hero. Like we'll just right. keep racking up that top five pick for a team that's going to maybe make the playoffs. No kidding. Which which might happen to to two different teams, the Lions and the Seahawks might make the playoffs and have top five picks, which is awesome. Good for like, them. Right. Yep. That's what that's what you get for selling your future, the oh, future franchise for and, and the Eagles. The Eagles gave two picks, like eighteen and nineteen, or or seventeen and nineteen, to the Saints. Yeah. For their their first for like eleven and their pick this year, and eleven the Saints turned into Chris Olave, so it's hard to argue with with that move because he looks sure. legit. But now their first round pick this year, which they don't have, is a top five pick, which the Eagles currently have. So yeah. three three playoff teams could have top five picks. The moral of the story, kids, is don't sell the future of your franchise. Just don't do it. We're gonna see like quarterback, quarterback, and then like. Five playoff teams that don't need quarterbacks. No kidding. <laughs> pick, it, pick it right afterwards. No kidding. Uh, Patriots Raiders in Vegas in the toilet bowl. Not just because the game's going to suck. Because again, the schedule is awful this week. Um, this will be a week that I will not care if I don't watch football on Sunday. You know what? I'm going to go with the, the Raiders. I agree. I they've been playing better football as of late. And uh, I, I just long to see Mac Jones just shouting at Matt Patricia on the sidelines. I you know, love it. He's doing about as well as any defensive coordinator does calling offensive plays. I, uh, Bel- Belichick's lost it. Like he, I, he, he struck gold with Brady and when Brady left, he should have wrote off, should have been like, but his ego wouldn't let him. His ego made him hold on to prove that he was, but he was the reason. Well, I think it, that's the Chip Kelly thing that Chip Kelly traded away all those Eagles players, all those talented guys. Cause he was smarter. It was his system. He was doing it. And while I do think that Belichick is talented, I do think he's the reason for a lot of their wins in like defense and stuff like that. I I don't think he's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, just look at some of the decisions and be like, um, they don't. I mean, they don't draft well. They never have. But but he would have you believe that he knew that Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady. He saw that when they drafted him in the sixth round or whatever the fuck it was, and you know they they knew he knew, and they were they they kept him on as a fourth active quarterback. His 
his his very first year because he knew that if they practiced, if they had him on the practice squad, he was going to get nabbed by somebody and they couldn't afford to lose him. I don't know. I I mean I think they draft they 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 draft less well recently. I mean the, I mean so indicative of of who they are right now is is Sean McVay laughing when they were interviewing during the draft because the Rams didn't have a first or a second round pick. Right. And then he took that guard center guy from that small school and McVay was like, bro, we were scouting him in the third round. Like we thought he was going to be there. Belichick took him at 27. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. And, and, I mean, I don't remember the last time they had a, a draft pick. They were like, hell yeah. Because usually by the time, like if they do hit and those guys get good, they ship them off after at year five. So we've, I mean, they've, First round picks have not gone well. And Kill Harry was not good. Sonny Michelle was not good. Uh, this guard tackle guy we were just talking about, not good. So they must be making their bread and butter like, I don't know, later. I don't know that they're making bread and butter. They haven't been a great team. But Titans Chargers will be an interesting one. Uh, Chargers fighting for their playoff lives and the Titans fighting to hold on to a division lead that is i mean they're they're on a three-game losing streak and still have a two-game lead in the division because your division is really good this is one of those things where like it's the perfect storm matchup the chargers unfortunately for them have a real problem stopping the run and the titans have derrick henry so i'm gonna say henry's gonna go for a buck 40 buck 50 two scores and the game will still be like 17 10 but Henry will have just dominated the entire thing and the Chargers will not be able to stop him. I I agree. I don't think the Chargers stop him, but I think the Chargers win. I think the Chargers come out on top here. I don't think the Titans are that good, to be honest with you. I don't think they are either, but somehow, the, I don't know. Are the, the Chargers the, that the good? Char- like- the, the Chargers are a team that find ways not, not to win games. Uh, they almost found a way not to win the game last week, but uh, knocked off the Dolphins. So I think the Chargers are hopefully, I mean, maybe turning, turning a corner. Uh, I think they take this one. In front of their nine fans in LA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bengals going to get tested by the Bucks defense, which is the only thing that is uh, you know worth calling home about for the Bucks. Uh, their defense still plays fairly well, I believe. Um, so the Bengals are going to test that theory. This is another one of those where people are going, Tom Brady's having a down year. He's not going to do well. The Bengals are a Super Bowl favorite again. And then like Brady's going to win and he's going to throw for three bills and two touchdowns and they're going to win this game. Yeah. Somewhere Michael Cole's going to be sitting there going vintage Tom Brady. (laughs) Right. I mean, now my head goes, yeah, the Bengals should win this one by at least 10 points, at least 10 points based on how they're playing and how Brady's playing. I'm taking the bucks on the road. That's what I, I don't know. This one, just another one that feels kind of like a, I mean, I mean, I should say I'm taking the bucks at home. That's that's all. I was gonna say. I thought you just said it was in Tampa. Uh, taking the Bucks at home. Sunday night football would be interesting. Giants Commanders. This game, uh, really, it's not even its own game. It is a continuation of the last time they played. <laughs> right, they're the picking up where they left off. Yep. They they should they should put twenties on the board to start. <laughs> What's the difference, right? I'm like, you know what, though? We're not going to play four quarters, though. We're just going to play a fifth overtime period. So we're just whoever scores first, we're just going to clock that up and you guys can both go home. And we'll just call this a day. <laughs> we're we're going to set this up like college uh, college overtime. Just back and forth. till one team scores more points than the other coming out like the 40 going in. And we might we might still get four quarters out of it. Great. Um, hoping for a big day from Saquon. And I root for Brian Dable. Go Giants, I guess. It's NFC. Nobody cares. And like they're they're both seven, five, and one. The, these teams could not be more identical. Um the, the losers in last place, right? That's the thing. They're they're tied for Yeah, they're tied for the tied for third. The losers in last place in the division. Um again, these teams are eerily eerily similar. Um the commanders are coming off a bye. I'm gonna go with the commanders coming off the bye at home. In their trash stadium with rats and poop, raining. picking a lot of picking a lot of road wins there. I don't know how many how many upsets you're going to get. I'm going to I'm going to take the Giants at home. It's yeah. I, I said I'm taking the Commanders at home. Oh, in their poop filled stadium. No bueno. Rams Packers the resurgent Baker Mayfield against the ever popular alleged goat kind of goat Junior, not a goat. Pretty good though. Take, Aaron Rodgers. Taking Rodgers. 
Green Bay. Hard not to. Christian Hard Watson, two more touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know what the rookie record is, but for some odd reason, he's going to come really close to breaking it. Right. I don't know. Like, like out of nowhere. Like a well, in, in like half a season. Like a well-timed RKO. Never saw it coming. Uh, so that's going to wrap the NFL Week 15 schedule here. Um, kind of a breeze through, uh, a little bit longer episode. It was nice to actually have somebody to talk to so we could go a little bit deeper into some non-NFL uh, Week topics. But uh, good times to be had. Stat man, father stat, stat dad. <laughs> good luck remembering that one now. Stat dad, um, something like that. Stat uh, dad, that's, that's not a bad one. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you staying up late and doing this. You know, I know you know you've been working a lot and. You know, obviously have the uh, the little little tight run around the house or not running quite yet, but we'll get there soon enough. <laughs> and uh, that being said, has, has, that's part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online, BICBP-radio.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcast from. But if you're hearing us, you already know that. Find us on Facebook, Hats, 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 Hats Podcast on Facebook or uh, H- at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, share our share our content and uh, again, visit our sponsor, MafiaPack.com. Uh, you can check out the Mafia Pack 4. They also sell uh, other miscellaneous items from the previous Mafia Packs. I tell you, I have the, like the sunglasses and a couple of things. They're really good, really quality things. So check them out. And on behalf of Stat Dad, T-Wave, Big Diesel, and soon-to-be-returning from college, Bold Claim Ben, I am EZT. This has been Hats, Tats, and Stats. And as always, go Bills. <laughs>